You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We thought you might like to know that there is an organization called the Chris Center, and their mission is to help teens with their mental wellness to prevent all kinds of different struggles like anxiety, depression, or body dysmorphia. And how do they do it? With alpacas, some of the cutest animals on the planet. You're going to learn more about the Chris Center right after this. Stay tuned here on this episode of the Chris Spangle Show. Nancy Elbert, Executive Director, Sandra Morera, Director of Programming, Megan Hanna, Facilitator of the Programs at the Chris Center. Thank you all for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Chris. Thank you for having us. Nancy, let's start with the Chris Center. How did it get started? And wh- I believe you're the founder, right? Tell us how, yeah. you, how you came up with the idea. Really, it started about six years ago. My own kids um, have dealt with the emotional issues, um, depression, anxiety, and not only my own, but many friends of mine and their kids and many kids that I've known um, that have dealt with these issues in high school. Not unusual. Um, this was six years ago and this prior to COVID. And since then, as we know, that's on this upswing, but walking that journey with them, um, I found it wasn't an easy trek. Um, the, the, getting them into who they need to see and psychologists and doctors and all that, uh, it could take weeks, if not months and years to get them through the process. And so I was discouraged and I thought, okay, there's got to be something else out there. Um, I grew up in a small town by the name of Kentland, Indiana, and it, and it was a farming community, and we hung out with cows and went creek stomping and climbed trees and barefooted most of the time. And um, I, I really value the way that I grew up, and I think uh, kids have kind of gotten away from that. And so um, about two years ago, Sandy and I met. We were on the, both on the school board at University High School, and I sat down one day, and I told her what I was going through and what I wanted to do. I saw some sort of a vision of a place where kids can go and be around animals. I knew the science was there. We have animals in our house. Sandy has a literal zoo in hers, and, and we, we talked about it, and she is a Duke-trained pediatrician, and she worked in St. V's um, Emergent Care and she saw teenagers coming through the emergency room one after the other. And she felt she was putting a Band-Aid on them and then send them on their way. Um, and it wasn't solving the problem. So as we talked through this, um, she said, I want to help you. And so she, she left her day job. I'm so grateful. And she's working with me. So about, about two years ago now. And we um, were lucky to partner with a, an alpaca farm. And, and I'm going to let her talk little more about that, but we built programs around animals. I have a great board of a couple, um, there's family therapist, um, the former executive director at Morning Dove, and um, just a wonderful board of, of uh, like-minded people that uh, really believe in this mission, and we want to do something different. And so it started from there. 
Sandy, what do you have to add to that? Well, um, for me, meeting Nancy was um, a really, it was a moment where I said, I'm going to take a chance to have an impact on children in a completely different way. So as Nancy mentioned, I am a pediatrician by training. I spent 18 years um, practicing in pediatric emergency departments, most of it here in the Indianapolis area. Um, And um, I felt that there was something missing, that there was something else that I could do to improve um, mental and emotional well-being for kids. You know, the emergency department is that kind of, you know, kids come in, they come out. And I didn't feel like I was necessarily... um, you know, finding a way to um, make a a longer term impact for some of the um, children that I've seen, particularly in mental health crises. Um, And at the same time, I'm also a parent. And um, I have a daughter who's an amazing human being, who showed me how much animals um, meant in her life and how valuable that bond was for her. So my, as Nancy mentioned, I have a zoo at my house. Um, and my daughter's connection to her animals has really been, been a lifeline for her and has um, made all the difference in the world. It's what brings her peace, what brings her comfort and joy in this world. Um, so when I met Nancy and she had this mission of bringing kids in connection with animals and nature, um, I really just wanted to take a chance and be a part of something really special. So, um, I just wanted to, sort of reiterate for everyone listening, you know, our mission at the Chris Center is to promote well-being for teens by connecting them to nature and to human-animal interaction. So for me as a physician, I looked into the science. Um, You know, I was really immersed in some of the research, and um, there is a lot of research that shows that um, connecting to nature and in particular human-animal interaction can have really significant benefits. It can improve your mood, it can decrease stress, and it can enhance social interactions and your sense of connection to others, to community. Um, So that's what we're trying to do at the Chris Center is really leveraging that power of connecting to nature and animals to promote wellness for all. Um, So you're telling me that when my mom used to tell me to get off of my video games and go outside and play, she was actually right. Absolutely. Dang it. Another one she was right about. Megan. And that's hard. That's really hard for for a parent and a kid, you know, interaction like that to tell them that. I mean, when are they going to listen to their mom? My kids didn't listen to me. So this is (laughs) an opportunity for someone else to say, this is really good for you. It sort of is common sense, right? Like my three-year-old today was watching her tablet. It was beautiful outside. I was going to sit outside. I said, hey, come on. Let's go outside and play, right? So she had balked initially and then had a great time and vitamin D and sunshine and all that stuff is is good for you. Um, Megan, how did you get involved in the organization? What drives your passion for this work? I think the thing that I'm really most passionate about in life in general is just enhancing connection. I think that in today's day and age, there are so many different ways that we can connect to one another and connect so easily to people all the way on the other side of the planet and even to other places in the solar system. And yet at the same time, it feels like we live also in a world where disconnection, we feel so disconnected um, at the same time and very lonely and isolated. And, you know, especially because of events, you know, in the last few years, but just really 
anything that helps us connect more to ourselves and more to others is what I'm most passionate about. And just creating spaces where we can get outside and not even just physically get outside, but be in an experience, get outside of just the thinking mind and outside of all of the thoughts and all of the doing and just provide a space um, for people to just be um, and just get outside and enjoy and have more room and space to, um, yeah, just to create a deeper connection to animals, to others and also to ourselves. I, I'm hugely passionate about what you just said. That's the key tenant of the Chris Spangle show and why I do what I do is building community because in my own life, I've really, um, yeah, I really identify with the people. Do you call them participants, clients? What, what do you, what's yeah. the, per, what do you call them? Participants. 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 Yeah. Uh, as yeah. a, as a teenager myself, I was, uh, I really struggled with my own mental health issues and I didn't really get it together till my early thirties. And as a result, I didn't really get my life together. And once I really started to put my mental wellness first, then I started to, you know, like things like this podcast network that I'm a part of, that all my best friends come from it, my wife came from it, you know, it really, this community has really um, supported me in so many different ways. And so we talk a lot about that disconnection that you're talking about, Megan. And I wish, Nancy, I could go back in time and, and really emphasize why mental health and wellness is so important. Mm -hmm. If you were talking to a 17-year-old you know, kid in high school, what would you say to them? If you were to go back and talk to me as a teenager, what would you say to me and Sandra, you two, and Megan, weigh in and, and really give us the roadmap for mental wellness? Yeah, it's it's a tough one because the culture we live in, and, we're, and they're called digital natives now. They've, they've known it, as like you said, your daughter, since they were itty-bitty. And so we have to figure out how to combine the two together. And so we're not against it, um, but we're trying to add some balance to it. Um, so we were lucky to find um, the, the, this, this farm, this alpaca farm, this, these friends of ours that have these four alpacas, and we develop programming around that. But when we have the kids come out to the, the program and to the barn, um, we talk about some of those things. But as, I, I'm, as we get into this more and more, I'm beginning to think we need to be a lot younger. I, I don't know, maybe six. We don't have the capability to do that now. But if we can start a little younger, that'd be good, too. But to, to let them know there's a direct correlation between sunlight and the food that you eat and the exercise that you get and that community, which what, here's what we're trying to do is build community here so that kids feel welcome. Um, and to let them know at a much younger age um, that sometimes I, I think by the time they get to 17, are they already set? And can we make that change? I don't know. We're just trying to do a little small piece of the puzzle to do something different, but that's a, it's a challenge for sure. Sandy, what, what advice would you give to somebody who's younger in your part, in your program? I think that I would tell them that there is a lot of hope um, and that, you know, our programs are really designed to teach some simple skills. Um, I've, I've watched Megan in action and, you know, we'll spend time with a group of kids. And one of the biggest takeaways after hours, it boils down to, you know, you can find nature and connection in your life um, on your own too. So what we're trying to do, what Megan is really good at showing them is you can have a moment of stress. All kids, all humans 
life is not going to always be easy. And we all are going to have challenges. And sometimes the challenges feel huge and sometimes they feel small. But what we're trying to do is say, here's some tools. You know, it takes sometimes five or 10 minutes to reset, to go outside. Um, you know, sometimes through our therapy dog program, for example, kids can, the light bulb goes off and they can see, you know what? I am not nearly as stressed today because I got to pet a dog and I was just completely, for example, right now we're visiting um, Garen Catholic just this week, um, this high school that has exams. And I was there earlier today and I cannot tell you how, I mean, I couldn't stop smiling, seeing these kids filing out of an exam, taking a moment to spend time with a dog. And eventually what I hope that kids learn is that there are things that I can do that can make my life a little bit easier, that can help me bring down the stress, bring down the anxiety. Um, so I think that what we're trying to do is they let us teach you some tools. Um, it's just one little piece, as Nancy said, of a much bigger picture um, of, you know, maintaining your wellness. Uh, but there are things that we can do. And I think that um, if we can keep teaching kids that there are ways to connect and that also another big thing is you can find your people. That's another big part of what I love about seeing our programs is that I see teens connecting with each other that come from all different places and different um, schools, different communities. And um, animals can be a really great connector. And that's something that you can take away. Like, this is a community I feel good in. I can find this. Um, so Now, my old man, I have an old man conservative part of my brain. I just do. And it triggered when you were saying that. And, you know... Back in my day, we didn't need to pet dogs after a test. We just weren't that stressed. <laughs> Megan and Nancy Sandy, but Megan, you start like what what do you think is what do you see every day that is unique to kids' experiences now versus back in our day? I think there's so much there's a lot of pressure. I think there's always been pressure for kids, but now there's just so much and it, there's just they're overloaded with homework with after school activities and 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 feeling like they need to then be in this and be in that and do and do and do and there's no space to just be like to be a kid you know to be in high school to, to just be or what at whatever age also even for adults you know i mean this kind of spans it's like transcends age it's no just like, i think i think that you know it's it's probably a challenge for you guys because i have friends who are social workers at school and they say kids show signs of abandonment who have two parents in the home but they're so addicted to their device yeah. that their kid is standing there going hey 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 and they just can't like i mean this is i think a real problem for a lot of us megan where we're always our attention is always being sought after yeah and i think one of the things that we really focus on um, with the alpaca program is, um, and we're observing this through the animals, through the alpacas, is that um, talking about um, different states of reaction and how how animals react, how um, we go into it's called fear responses. We've all heard about fight and flight, and you know, but how to really how does that really apply? How does it apply back into our literal everyday life. And that also it's okay. It's not, we're, we're not judging ourselves. We're just, we're getting to a point where we can start to just notice these behaviors. We can start to notice these things in the alpacas 
And then we're relating it back to us. Have I ever felt this way? When do I feel this way? Okay. You know, we're starting to observe and we're starting to notice when we go into more of a protection mode. And then, so once we recognize that, then how can we start to get ourselves back into a place of connection where we can anchor into the moment instead of reacting from, sometimes we're reacting to something in the moment. Sometimes we're reacting to something from the past. And how can we anchor back into now? How can we feel back into our bodies and get out of the monkey mind? We can thank the mind for all that it helps us with, but also how can we feel back? I, I see why you guys hired Megan. I really feel like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm... It's magic. We see yeah. it out on the farm and she's yeah. just like... She's got this calm voice. Totally connected. Voice. Yeah. Nancy, Sandy, let's start with Nancy. Like, what are what are you seeing in kids today that maybe you didn't see when your kids were younger or when we were younger? Yeah. Well, I was, I'm an old mom, but uh, my my kids are all in college now. But uh, Megan's right. There's They have a lot on their plate. And um, these, you know, just so different social media, um, Instagram, all the social media that I think think has, um, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor and Sandy can talk to this, but changed the brain in some way. And, um, we have speakers come we have a parent education series and we have speakers come and I listen to them and I just uh, blown away by the information and the data that's out there of what this is doing. And, um, I didn't have that. I didn't have to compare myself to anybody other than the magazine, but, um, you know, we just didn't have this. And I think it's overwhelming, um, for teens today. Sandy? Yeah, I, I would completely agree. I think that social media is a big part of the problem. Um, the dopamine reward system is truly activated by your likes, your snaps. I don't honestly even know the terms. My kids are 20 and 18 now. And so I was lucky that um, social media wasn't a part of their lives until they were much older. Um, and I can't imagine what it's like for 11, 12 13-year-olds who are now um, worried about their virtual presence and their social media image and their likes and all of that instead of being a kid and living in the moment. And um, that's what Megan is so good at teaching um, through our alpaca program. And that's why, you know, to circle all the way back to your question about dogs, like, why do you need a dog at an um, exam? Um but our, our kids don't know how sometimes. Um, I think that they've been, their brains, um, their chemistry has been altered in a way that they're not like we were. They don't know how sometimes to take a moment and center themselves and be in, to be present. Um, and so I really do think that the world that we have created for our children through um, technology, although I know it is a blessing in certain ways, um, it really has made their lives much harder, in particular in, in the area of feeling connected um, and feeling present. That's kind of terrifying to hear you mm-hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandy, I mean, as a, as a person who was seeing thousands of people as a doctor um, yeah. or clinician, however you'd term it, uh, what, what did you see on the front lines that you know we, we ought to really be aware of that we may not see just walking the neighborhood? Um, Sadly, I think that um, if you talk to a lot of parents um, who have teens in particular, um, I think they all have been affected in their own families or um, in friends um, at the least 
Um, but there are just soaring rates of anxiety and depression um, that have led to increased rates of self-harm and suicide. Um, the numbers are really, truly very scary. And so, although we are fully aware that, you know, an alpaca program or a therapy dog program is not going to be the only answer. Um, I do feel like it's really important to start somewhere and to say, we have, we have to start doing something different. We have to start changing the, the trajectory that our kids are on. Um, so, you know, I, I think that even during COVID, we saw that increased amount of disconnection that happened um, with the pandemic in those first few months. Um, there are really scary statistics about how many more increased um, ER visits there were for self-harm, um, you know, um, intentional ingestion and suicide attempts. Um, so our, our kids are vulnerable. And so what we're trying to do is provide some, some tools and some space for them um, to take some positive steps. So Jonathan Haidt, a researcher in the Atlantic, uh, wrote an article, something with Babel in the title, and basically laid, uh, we did an episode on the Chris Spangle show about it, basically laid the feet at social media almost completely. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like listening to, to you all talk about it, that it, it almost sounds like we're talking about like a fentanyl crisis, mm-hmm. like that yeah. it is that dire for for us to kind of break out of this. I mean, is that maybe too much? Is that me being too dramatic, Nancy? Well, it's a challenge because, again, it's part of their lives. I mean, they have to have it. I mean, in, even my kids' high school, um, where Sandy and I's kids went to, they, it's a one-to-one computer program. They have to have it, and they have it in front of them almost all day long to do their papers and read their, their assignments. and what. So it's part of their lives, and we're not going to change that. We know that. Um, it's teaching them and, and providing an opportunity for a break from that and how to balance that. Um, and, again, to show the importance of, of uh, stepping away from it when you know it's, it's, it's hurting you. And my kids self-proclaim are not on social media. I love that about it. They've decided themselves they're doing awesome in college, but they've all, they, they don't, they don't participate in all. And I know, and they love to hike and they get out. And I know that's changed their mental health uh, profoundly. Um, but it's getting them to understand a kid, how do you self-regulate that um, to do what you have to do in the classroom and then what do you find joyful about it? Can you watch some fun stuff on YouTube or, you know, is there a better way of looking at it instead of FaceTime and um, Instagram and TikTok? And I don't know what else is out there, but uh, is there better ways and more positive ways that they can use, use d- digital media? It's a tough one. Yeah, I will say I, I have watched Megan in action um, multiple times and She's amazing, as you said. So she has this magic. But one of the things that I have realized is that in the hours that our participants are spending with her, it is an unusual time for them, like a special moment where they're not on their devices. And so we as parents have to create that space. So, you know, a lot of children really would love the opportunity to spend time with alpacas. They are amazing creatures. They're really curious and intelligent. And if that's what it takes to get kids to come and connect with an animal and have Megan be this amazing, positive, bright light for a few hours, um, then we're happy to do it. So it's just that it's not as easy as it was before. We have to, as parents, I think, find opportunities um, for our kids to have that space where they are off their devices and they're enjoying what they're doing. You know, I think Megan does a great job with our alpaca program. um, And you know, our, our participants have 
given us really great feedback um, about what it's given them. So, yeah, I just finished a book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. Um, which I think you all would enjoy. I recommend to our listeners to check it out because it really checked me on on some of my own usage and my own ability mm -hmm. to do deep work now. All right, let's put ourselves in the shoes of a participant. How do you find me or do I find you? I make contact, you make contact. Start at the beginning and walk me through the path that I'm going to walk as one of your participants. Let's start with Nancy. Oh gosh, um, Sandy can answer answer this better. But um, you know, we've we've gone through many different avenues to to do this. Um, we started with counselors at at high schools and reached out to all the high schools and some youth programs. Um, and then we've been getting calls from high schools ourselves. We're starting to get calls from people as we as we're becoming more um, well known. But um, Sandy, tell them some of the you work really. She works really hard at it. Yeah. So. For the most part, I would say that participants find us um, you know, to directly answer that question. I think they have come to us through our website, um, but we have asked for uh, school counselors and administrators to make referrals as well. Uh, but as Nancy mentioned, we're really excited about this um, possibility of now being able to um, accommodate school field trips. So Megan and I just had our first official field trip was shared in high school last week. Um, and it was a wonderful experience. Um, I can let Megan share more about that. But that's a model that we are hoping that we can um, repeat in the spring when the weather gets nice again, so that we can accommodate um, different groups of kids from schools um, in the area. As somebody that probably would have been greatly benefited from your work and might have participated, I like that you focus on mental wellness and, hey, come play with animals. Like, is that how you would? Because if you said, are you anxious and depressed? Come to this camp. and let, Like, I wouldn't have shown up because I don't want the label, right? right. So, Sandy, you've really, uh, before we go to Megan to kind of walk us through what I'd experience as one of your participants, Talk about how you position yourself to make yourself attractive to participants and why that matters. Yeah, thank you for asking that question because that's really important to us. We've thought a lot about it. So what we want is to bring these tools and this positive change to kids' lives across the board. So we want to be broadly appealing. We want teens who love animals, who love nature, who are looking for something fun to do, who want a bit of an adventure. Um, and if those kids happen to be struggling um, with their mental health or their emotional health, we want them to, but we also want the kids who are doing well and are looking for tools for the future. So we really look at this as sort of part of your health. Um, I think I mentioned earlier that I think of it similar to all the other things we do to maintain our health, nutrition and sleep. Um, these are all supporting your mental wellness um, through activities that make you feel better should be part of everyone's agenda. So we really do want to reach all teens, anybody who wants to be a part of our programs is welcome. And I think you'll find that we have a broad uh, array of kids that find our programs really enjoyable. Yeah, you don't just have the alpaca program. That seems to be like you're, you're featured, right? Yes, we have a therapy dog program. So we are currently partnering with University High School, Garen Catholic, the Orchard School, and soon the Carmel Clay Library. And so we are bringing dogs to the kids um, in school. So that has been, we're really, there's a 
increased awareness within schools, the different ways to support student wellness. So the therapy dog program, we, we have a few different, depending on the school, we have a few different models. We have small groups that are meeting with counselors and we have dogs that are just basically a um, facilitator. So when you have a dog, just like you mentioned before, if you say this is for anxiety, teenagers may not want to show up. But if what you're doing is saying we want to work on mindfulness and stress reduction, and by the way, a dog will be there, you can bet that there'll be a lot of kids who would want to join in. And so um, our dogs are kind of helping with accessibility to some resources. And then they also really facilitate the social interaction and communication. And so that helps facilitate some of those small groups. And then we're also there for whole school wellness, helping kids through the more stressful times like exams. And uh, the parent education series, is the, does that, how does that tie in? So our youth programs are really trying to give teens some new tools and our parent programs are trying to offer sort of parent level tools and solutions around um, adolescent wellness issues. And so we had our first series in the winter of last year, and we'll be rolling out again in January of this year. We have some great speakers lined up. Um, we are lucky to be partnering um, for our talks with University High School again, as well as the Carmel Clay um, Library. So we have um, several behavioral health experts that are going to be talking on really important things like social media and the impact on teen wellness, um, neurodiversity, uh, mindfulness, anxiety in your team. So these are really like generally applicable topics to anyone raising a teenager. Yeah, I imagine it's, I, I can't imagine. I mean, some, uh, you know, the parent of somebody who with body dysmorphia or self-harming in any way would be very difficult. So it's great that you have that. Now, Megan, walk us through. If I come to the alpaca program, what what will I experience? Walk me through the day. If it is a day, like if maybe it's a three-day thing, maybe it's a two-hour thing, just give me some sense of what I'm going to experience that day. Yeah, so we have a few, This over the summers, we do kind of like a, a week-long camp, and um, and then now, like with the field trips that we're doing, we're kind of doing it in one day. So we have many different kind of formats of the program and many different facets and things to focus on, but right away, we are checking in, just getting to, you know, just getting familiar with each other, connecting all of us together as a group. And very quickly, we are connecting with the stars, the four alpacas, and they're the stars of the show, you know. Can you explain what an alpaca is? I think everybody might know, but just in case somebody doesn't know what an alpaca is, what is it? Yeah, so it's this amazing animal very similar to a llama from the the camelid the camel family and they are so fluffy and curious and fun and just they're like huge stuffed animals i mean like who doesn't love a huge stuffed animal you know <laughs> so and it's really exciting to be in their presence honestly because they're they're just majestic and fun. What I like about it is if you have some social anxiety and maybe you're not, I'm, I'm a bit of a, I'm the type of person who walks in a room, stands on the wall for 10 minutes to get a, a feeling of everybody, and then I engage. Uh, I'm not as outgoing in person as I am maybe on social media, right? Um, but I love that you kind of start with something that will just naturally, you're going to bump into people, you're going to talk to people, you're not, you're not forced into a circle, hi, my name is, you know, you're, you're sort of interacting in a fun way. Yeah, and 
I mean, who doesn't love to talk about animals? Like, what's your favorite animal? You know, Chris, what is your favorite animal? You uh, know? Cats, uh, cats, obviously, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it instantly kind of like brings the barriers down. It's like, oh, and do you have cats? Oh my gosh, I have cat. I have a cat too, you know? It's just like, oh, cool. So we have these things in common. We're already starting the connection right away. And then there's the alpacas. We're meeting the alpacas. We're feeding them. We're observing their behavior. We play games with the alpacas. And then we're observing them, noticing their behaviors, noticing their tendencies, play another game with them. And then we're starting to um, learn some really valuable skills through the alpacas, through observing them and how we relate, you know, and just how it relates back to so ourselves. So you, you use the alpacas basically as a teaching tool. Like give us a couple things that you really emphasize that an alpaca does that might help me through my day as I have a very stressful life. Yeah. So alpacas are herd animals and they always stay together. And so the four of them, um, they always stay together. It's, it's building that community. It's that connection. They really don't, the only way that they separate is when they feel safe. And so it's remembering to come back together, you know, remembering to um, be in community. And it's, just so interesting to observe them and to remind ourselves, Oh wait, we don't have to do it alone. We don't have to, there's such a tendency to self isolate or, Oh my gosh, it's I'm too much, or I'm struggling with this. I need to go off by myself. And then that kind of creates more of that isolation, that loneliness, that, Oh, you know, that kind of like collapse feeling. Whereas so the, the, the way that I really like got myself together and I think I'm not alone in this is that I realized I wasn't weird all the stuff that I did was what everybody else does. And it didn't like my deepest, darkest secret that I wasn't worthy of love. Well, big mm-hmm. whoop, everybody else too. Right. Like, I think, I think that's such a powerful point that isolating yourself is not the right way to go. It's, it's the opposite direction that you've got to swim. Yeah. And also like, we're all a little weird and that's okay. And also that's cool. It's, it's, you know, we're all our own, our own people. And so, um, you know, and we're all different and we also have more, so much more in common than our differences. Do alpacas ever get annoyed with each other? Like, do they have their own individual personalities? They sure do. Yeah. All of them. And we talk about the personalities of all four of the alpacas and we observe them and we, and it's just, it's so fun. And so after we're working with the alpacas, we're doing some games, we're um, learning some things through the alpacas. We'll take the alpacas on a walk will um, explore um, the land, the farmland that they're on. And there's just a little, we go on Creek walks. We um, go on little trail walks with them, Creek stomping, kind of like Nancy was talking about at the very beginning. And we're just outside in nature. We're in the Creek. There's these little shells. We're getting our feet wet. We're having a sensory experience. Um, Sometimes we do mindfulness walks where there's no talking we're purely just out in nature. We're listening to the birds. There's, um, there's herons, there's hawks, there's, there's fish that jump out of the pond. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. And it's like this little animal sanctuary. Yeah. You sort of don't realize that you haven't seen a bug fly around a plant until you are in that situation where you're like, you know what? I haven't, it's been like since I was a kid that I actually looked at, looked at the stars. You don't remember it until you're put in that position. Yeah. And you're like, oh, and you're laying on the grass. Mm. 
And it's just like, oh, and just kind of appreciating going back to the simplicity of nature. And we tend to complicate things so often because, you know, life is complicated. And also we can come back to the simplicity of nature and connect back to nature and connect to ourselves and connect to others. So Sandy, Nancy, like what have the alpacas taught you? Like have there, have there been any lessons where you're, you're kind of hanging out with them and you're like, hmm. Or maybe even the kids, you know, if the alpacas haven't taught you anything, you've just been in these experiences with the kids and you're just like, that was really deep. Go ahead, Sandy. I will say say for me, being a part of the program, I'm there sort of helping out and being a part of the program. I will say I have learned a lot from Megan as she was talking. I was just going to jump in and say um, that as adults, we just often don't take a moment ourselves, right? Um, If, if I wasn't fortunate enough to be part of the Chris Center, it is unlikely that I would spend a few hours on an alpaca farm <laughs> listening to Megan's beautiful, calm voice telling me to pay attention to my surroundings. And, you know, one of the things that she does, for example, on the nature walk is, you know, she asks the kids, like, what did you feel most connected to? And the last time we were there, I asked myself, <laughs> I said, give myself permission to think about that. And I, um, it has really taught me the value Um you know, it's like the best, you know how you, what's that phrase that um, you learn more by teaching. So being part of this program where I'm out there trying to tell this to teens, I have truly learned it myself. Um, And the alpacas, I've also learned there is just something magical about being around them. And they can see, you know, our, we're partnering with this farm. um, And so the family at Stone Farm that allows us to use them, um, their whole reason for buying them was to share their magic with others. Um, And so, and I, I can see why, because I have, you know, I really value my time there because it really, it brings my blood pressure down. It brings my heart rate down. It makes me feel better. And I leave in a better mood than when I got there every single time. So I, I feel like I've learned a lot too. Yeah, yeah, Nancy, it doesn't really slow down. You know, if you're you're moving at a fast pace at 14, yeah. 34, 44 yeah. isn't, isn't, isn't much. I mean, what? so what have you learned? What lessons have you found from the alpacas and being really? a part of the program? I have to say we surprised ourselves. I mean, there was nothing like this that we could find in the United States. I mean, we looked and we thought, well, we can kind of we don't reinvent the wheels or something out there already using animals that we could um, turn this program into. And we couldn't find anything. And so we, we did it ourselves and surprised ourselves as Sand and I sat inside the barn and listened to the kids that first day. We're, we're just going like, this is really working. This is really working. <laughs> and the kids are, are you know, uh, intermersing with each other and they're passing their numbers back and forth. And um, the first group became really good friends. And then we walked away like, okay, this is, this is really a good thing and surprised ourselves. But I occasionally don't tell you when I go out there with the book sometimes and sit in a chair and they're so darn nosy. They'll walk up to you and they put their heads, you know, up to you and they want to smell you. And it's like, oh, I put my book down and just look at them because they're just really cool animals. But um, we're, we're really excited about it. We're just really proud of, of what's, um, what we have and where we're going. We're growing very quickly and excited um, about it. After that day, I mean, what, what happens next? Do you have follow-up programs next? or do you, yeah. are you just fostering the relationships and then say, have a good time? Yeah, well, we, we are growing. We see the need and we keep getting calls every day. And so we do see the need. I mean, a big pie in the sky, Chris, is to have our own space and our own place, whether that's a barn or a, a, a retail space or a I always use a cat cafe. That's not what we want. We're not, I'm not a fond of cats, but um, someplace where kids can go in a community all the time and pick up a game 
guinea pig or sit down next to a donkey or whatever it may be part of nature um, that they can get away from it all and put their phones down. That's what we envision. Now, we're not there yet. We'd love to to find that space. But in the meantime, it's it's making those partnerships growing as we can. And we have some new programs. We, we're, we're looking at a, a mindful arts program that we piloted a few weeks ago and keep bringing the nature into the kids and, and uh, see what we can do from there. But it's just really exciting. All right. Shameless self-promotion. And now, you know, each one of you take a little, just a few seconds to promote your favorite part of the program or, you know, what people ought to know about the program and how they can get in touch with you. Let's start with uh, Megan. This program honestly has changed my life. It truly has for helping me learn more about how so often we operate from fear. We operate from, um, we just respond in a way that isn't even really anchored in the moment. And I've learned that through the alpacas and by creating more of an awareness of that, I've been able to observe myself and my behavior and choose differently. I don't always have to react the same way. And I can start to just anchor more into the moment and feel more connected to myself. And I've learned that through this program by, by leading that and hearing, um, seeing the activation and the light bulbs go off in the kids when we're talking about that. And it's made a big difference, made all the difference in my life. Sandy, shameless self-promotion time. For me, the best part of all of this has been truly seeing the smiling faces We have had um, 80 plus kids come through our alpaca program and we have had over 800 uh, student dog interactions through our our pause therapy dog team. And I just am grateful that I get to be a party to it. I get to be there and I get to see incremental positive changes in children's lives. Um, So I can't pick one program that I like. I like all of it. Um, but I do hope that people will consider joining our programs, supporting us. Um, you can learn more about us on our website at chriscenterpause.com. Um, we are a startup and we need support. Um, so we are, we are hopeful that people will continue to support us. Nancy. Wow. Um, you know, I have, I, I love it all too. I mean, the alpacas, the dogs, again, and seeing the, the picture, Sandy's immersed in the programs and she's, this is, she is the Chris Center. She has put her heart and soul into that. Uh, to me, I'm the wine and coffee person. I go out and try to sustain it and make money. And so I <laughs> talk to anybody and everybody, but it's been the people that have, I say fall out of the sky. Um, the nine member board that we have of, of very passionate people, but all the people that say, we love what you're doing. And, um, because there's days when I say, what the heck I'm doing? I'm, I'm 63 years old. Why am I still doing this? And I want to throw the towel in, but I'm like, okay, this is a good thing. And so that's what keeps me going to, to realize that I think we're truly making a difference in the people, all the people involved. Lucky to have Megan and Sandy by my side. I'm just um, so grateful for all of it. All right. Well, Nancy Elbert, Sandra Morera, and Megan Hanna, thank you so much for joining me. Please check out the Chris Center. Give that website one more time, please, Sandy. Chris Center, pause, P-A-W-S.com. All right, great. And I imagine you take donations and volunteers? Absolutely. Um, If you have a dog that you think could be a really good therapy dog, we have a a team, a a gal on our board that can um, register the dog to be a 
a therapy dog. Um, one day we'll have mentors and, and volunteers at a, a location when that happens, but not until, but. All right. Yeah, Very good. Well, thank you all three of you for your time. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, Chris. And thank you to our listeners for listening and watching here on The Chris Spangle Show. We really do appreciate your time. And if you got something out of this, please share it with your friends. That's the best way that you can support the show and the work that we do here. Thank you so much, and we'll see you again soon. I want to thank all of the Weird Libertarians patrons for being a part of the show. You can find out all of the benefits of subscribing on Patreon at joinwallplus.com. That's W-A-L plus.com you'll get bonus content access to the complete archives there's over a thousand shows that you can't get in the public feed and you'll be supporting all of our great shows thank you especially to our 100 a month members john pusillo vincent peichel lars nordskog jakey dell matthew durbin reinhold christy avery and jason doolittle we also want to thank our main sponsor for this episode uh, it is Iconic Insurance. 15% of Americans are left to find health insurance on their own. And even if you get health insurance from your employer that doesn't work for you, Matt Allen and Iconic Insurance can help you find the right insurance. Just head over right now and contact him at iconic-insurance.com slash libertarians. We'll put the link in the description if you can't remember that. But Matt is a longtime listener of this program and a great guy and a good friend of mine. So please go support him and reach out right now. Thank you. And now let's get started with our show.